0: Hi, I'm Ben Pilgrim, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the Bay, or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what He's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. We'll be right back. back. Epic family, have you ever looked at a situation that was messy and maybe even a little complicated in thought? Someone ought to do something about that. I I believe we do this all the time. At least I do. And the spectrum of problems and situations can range from small and insignificant to massive and dire. For example, I can walk past a sink full of dirty dishes and think, Someone ought to do something about that. Or I can be reading the effects of global warming and think the very same thing. Someone ought to do something about that. But here's the thing. Never lift a finger to help in either situation. Now, there are many reasons why we stay away and we make it someone else's problems whenever we encounter a messy or complicated situation. One that I battle with often is that feeling of helplessness. The thought that I'm not qualified or capable to help. The thought that me trying to help won't make a difference or a dent. And again, I can feel helpless with small and insignificant matters to massive and dire ones. Bear with me. This is going to sound terrible a little bit, but there are times when I start to feel hungry or the boys start to feel hungry, and I can look at B, my wife, and wonder, I wonder if she's going to do something about it. Now, before you feel bad for Bee and think that I don't do anything around the house, let me just let you know, and you can ask her this. I am the resident dishwasher garbage man and just kind of overall picker-upper in the Maraza home. I just don't cook. I'm pretty bad at it. Bee's a phenomenal cook, but I mean, I can, you know, I can make some eggs for breakfast. I can bowl a hot dog. I can make mac and cheese out of the box, but this is not the Fahey home. If you saw that video last week, there's no fancy lasagnas and deep dish pizzas that are being made. in our home, at least not by me. I can feel pretty helpless in the kitchen, but again, that is small and insignificant. But like many of you, that feeling of helplessness also overwhelms me when I'm pained by the news of racial injustice in our country Or, or when I hear a personal story, and this happened recently from a friend who encountered racism and discrimination right here in the Bay Area. I can angrily think Someone ought to do something about that. And I can feel the same way whenever I step out of our condo building and without a doubt encounter the homelessness in our city. I think someone ought to do something about that. And now, now, what about you? What about you? What are some of the messy and complicated situations that you have stayed away from and made someone else's problem? Last week, Pastor Ben introduced to us the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah heard that the city of Jerusalem was in ruins, that the people were in trouble and that the city's walls were torn down. It says in the scriptures that Nehemiah was heartbroken, heartbroken, that he wept upon hearing this news. He was moved with great emotion. Now, despite the great emotion that Nehemiah felt upon hearing this news, Nehemiah could have easily thought someone else ought to do something about that. I mean, he wasn't even in Jerusalem where the problem was. He wasn't even there. He was the cupbearer to a king whose ancestors had plundered the nation of Israel. So when it comes to challenges and obstacles and excuses for why not to do something, Nehemiah had every excuse. I mean, just think about this. He, his time was accounted for as a government official, or maybe if you want to say a government slave of a, another nation who had taken him and many of his people captive. Secondly, he didn't have the necessary resources to be able to bring aid to his people and to rebuild the wall. And thirdly, and this is three out of many, but thirdly, he didn't have a leadership position in Jerusalem to be able to mobilize the people for such a project like this. So I'm sure that without a doubt, there came a moment during that time that Nehemiah thought someone ought to do something about that because I'm not in a position to do so. I'm not in a position to do so. So someone else ought to do something about that. But somehow, some way, he realized that he was the one that was supposed to do something about it. As you heard, Pastor Ben last week cast this compelling vision of why we ought to commit ourselves to the people of San Francisco and to rebuilding this great city. If you're anything like me, I'm sure those feelings of helplessness started to creep in. You probably thought to yourself, I'm not qualified, I don't have the resources, or quite frankly, I just don't want to be bothered. But I want you to see today why it was worth the risk for Nehemiah to jump in. Why despite the uncertainty of success and the lack of resources or position, that Nehemiah jumped in despite all of that, and why what God is doing in this city is worth you staying and jumping in, and why for many of you who have moved away, it might be worth you moving back and jumping in. I want us to see why it's worth the risk and sacrifice to do something about what we are seeing in our city, all right? So we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 2. We're just going to read those first five verses in that chapter. And it says this, Nehemiah chapter two, verse one. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. Remember, he was the cupbearer. I had not been sad in his presence before. It's also believed that this might have been the first time that Nehemiah is before the presence of the king since hearing that news. So the king asked me once he saw that I was sad, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, and he was afraid for good reason, that the king noticed his sadness. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins? And its gates have been destroyed by fire. The king said to me, what is it you want? That's such an important question for us to process. What is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. He had a response. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, Let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. I don't want you to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. Just send me and I'll do it. Pray that God's word will speak to us. In verse 1, where it says that it was the month of Nisan, that tells us that four months had passed since Nehemiah received the heartbreaking news about the city of Jerusalem. Four months. Four months four months since the details that Pastor Ben read about last week in chapter one. Now, let me ask you, what do you think took place during that time? Let me ask you this question. If you received heartbreaking news about a people or a place that you dearly loved, what would the next four months look like for you? Now, some of you are probably thinking, I don't know. Like, how can I know what that would look like? Well, do you realize that it's been four, month, four months since the death of George Floyd, which was shocking and horrendous? And since that time, there's been a reckoning and awakening about the mistreatment of black people in America. How have the past four months looked like for you since then? Regardless of how it's been for you, I can tell you that for the majority of our black community, it hasn't been easy, to say the least. Why? Because it's personal. It's, it's personal. You see, there's, there's great emotion and pain because our people are in trouble. And the walls of justice have been torn down or quite frankly, have never been built up. I believe that you would feel the same way if it were your people. You know, there's so many parallels as I was processing this passage, this message, and what we've seen these past four months. Even if you think about the fact that what's been happening in our country in regards to race has been happening for centuries, for centuries. But the death of George Floyd triggered something in our conscience that we just have to do something about it right now. And the same thing happened for Nehemiah. Don't think that Nehemiah had no clue what the condition of Jerusalem in Israel was. It's not like he believed that it was in the top 10 list of the best places to live. No, he was a slave in another country. He knew that it was in a poor condition. But when he heard that news from his brother, it triggered something. It triggered something. Why do I bring this up? For starters, it's important for us to keep having these conversations. But secondly, because I don't want us to read the Bible flat. I don't want us to miss what Nehemiah went through. You see, he's more like you than you would think. From the scriptures, we know that Nehemiah definitely prayed during that time. But there was so much more going on. I'm sure that during that time, there was an internal struggle taking place. That he was frustrated, that he doubted, that he felt helpless. I'm sure there was a moment where he looked at his circumstances and wondered, what difference could I possibly make if this is my lot? But despite all of that, he didn't let it stop him. And Epic, I'm here to tell you don't let the obstacles keep you from jumping in to help. Are there gonna be obstacles? Absolutely, but don't let that keep you from jumping in to help. What if, guys, what if the telltale sign that you ought to do something is not your position or your resources or because you're guaranteed success, but it's the simple fact that it has caught your attention and broken your heart? What if God's invitation for you to do something is the simple fact that you just can't shake it off, that you just keep thinking about it and thinking something needs to be done about this? Do you realize that God's plan and purpose for our lives is revealed in that way so many times? So let me ask you, what breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? People often tell me, I don't know what God wants me to do. My answer to them, just look within. You see, because what is there, what is present, what is breaking your heart, it's not coincidental. God has put that burden there in your life for a reason for you to do something with it. And and it might feel like you don't have the position, you don't have the resources, you don't have the time to do what is weighing on you. But if Nehemiah's story shows us anything, it's that if God is with us, if God is the one calling us, he will equip us and he will see us through it. So if God has given you a heart for kids that are in foster care, but all you just keep thinking and saying is that someone ought to do something about that because all you see is that you don't have the time or you don't have the experience or you don't have the spouse or whatever. Do not underestimate what God can and wants to do through you. And if God has given you a heart for the city, if God has given you a heart for your neighbors and your coworkers who don't know him or who might be in great need, don't wait for someone else to do something. You just say, Count me in, I'm going to do something. And you go do it. The calling to stay and rebuild this city, or quite frankly, the calling and willingness to say yes to any of God's purposes and to advance his kingdom, it comes at a great risk. Do you realize that Nehemiah could have lost his life simply by looking sad in the king's presence? That's why he was very much afraid when the king realized that he was sad. But he didn't let that stop him. He couldn't hold it in. It showed on his face. Listen, when God puts something in our hearts, many times it seems impossible. Many times it seems out of reach. Many times it seems like What am I doing? What am I even thinking? And the reason it seems out of reach and impossible? Because, in a way, it is. It is. Check out this quote by Andy Stanley in his book, Visioneering. He writes this God ordained visions are always too big for us to handle. We shouldn't be surprised. I love this line consider the source. They're always too big to handle. It always seems impossible. Why? Because of the source. There are always more questions than answers when God births a vision in our hearts. There are always obstacles. That shouldn't surprise us. Guys, listen. Is it hard for some of us to stay Yes, absolutely, and I am with you. You don't think I have thought about how easy and, and and better it would be for us to be near our family in Florida? You don't think I've thought about the comfort of having a pool and a beach nearby that we can actually swim in? That is really tempting. You don't think I struggle with the challenges and, and I struggle with and wrestle with the, how to even think about and process the challenges that our city is facing? Absolutely I do. But guys, hear me out. There is a greater calling that far outweighs the sacrifices and challenges. And the fact that we get to do this together makes it worth it. Now, there might be some of you who are saying at this point, well, I just don't feel compelled or that call to stay and invest in San Francisco. And and that might be true. But, But here's another question that I want you to consider. Not what breaks your heart, but what do you think breaks God's heart? What do you think breaks God's heart? And are you concerned for what concerns God? And does your heart break for what breaks God's heart? You see, you won't commit to rebuilding this city, you won't commit to serving the people of this city until it breaks your heart the way it breaks God's. And throughout the scripture, what we find is that God's heart is for his people, those he created and those he loves. And this is not just the New Testament God and Jesus, sometimes we treat them as if they are different, but In the Old Testament, we see God's great concern for specific groups of people. And he calls the Israelites, his greater people, the larger set of people, to make sure to take care of these other smaller subsets of people. And that is to take care of the stranger, the poor, the orphan, and the widow. And we see that all in the New Testament, to fight for justice, to invest in these people, to care for them, to serve them, to love them, the stranger, the poor, the orphan, and the widow. And here in San Francisco, we have the opportunity to, to serve and to love the quote unquote stranger, a black and brown and immigrant community that historically has felt pushed out and not wanted and not welcomed in this city. We have the opportunity to love them and to serve them. We have the opportunity to serve the orphan. When we were doing our foster care classes a couple years ago, the stat that they gave us during that time was that in San Francisco, on average, one child enters the foster care system a day. But the problem is, is that there's less than 100 homes that are approved and ready to receive kids here in the city. So that means that whenever a child enters the system, for the most part, they have to be uprooted and sent to other, other counties as if life wasn't hard enough. It just makes the whole situation to be uprooted from their schools and their circles of, of, of connections makes it more traumatic. And guys, do I even need to say or talk about the opportunities to serve the poor here? In our city, how are we going to do it? How are we going to make a dent? I don't know, but we sure are going to try. And then there's the widow. Now, this might not be the traditional widow that we are accustomed to. In ancient Israel, there were safeguards in place primarily for women who lost their husbands and didn't have anyone to care for them. And here in our city, this is going to look like us caring and serving and loving the lonely and the isolated, whether they've been married before or not. And guys, we find all of this from the God of the Old Testament, who we typically view as stern and angry, but that's a wrong depiction. The Old Testament God is no different from the New Testament God. Jesus described God the Father as the one who is eagerly anticipating the return of his prodigal sons and daughters, the one who leaves the 99 to go after the one that has strayed But here in San Francisco, the statistics are more like him leaving the four to go after the 96. Do you realize that? This is the work that God is inviting us to join him in because his heart breaks for his people. And here's the question we all need to wrestle with as we consider whether we are going to jump in or not. What is my life going to be about? What is my life going to be about? Is it going to be all about me? Or is it going to be about God's kingdom and others? Now, listen, I know we're talking about rebuilding the city, but I know that there's many of you that need, you need to rebuild your career because you've lost your job and you need to focus on that. I know there's some of you that need to rebuild your marriage, because it's just not in good shape right now. You need to focus on that. There's some of you that need to rebuild your relationship with Jesus, your faith in him. One, probably because you've strayed away. Others, because you've never put your trust in him. And we want you to focus on that. And we believe the best place to rebuild your faith is by building your life upon the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. And if you want help with that, we want to be there for you. Let us know. Text the word BEGIN to 313131, and we will help you. And we will help you. We will support you if you're trying to rebuild your marriage, if you're trying to rebuild your career, your financial situation, whatever it might be. And you might need to focus on that. But what I want to make sure that we don't do is only work on self-improvement and never work to build others up. You see, because self-absorption will cripple us more than help us. We are called to sacrifice. We're called to give of ourselves for the sake of others. Remember the great commandment to love God and to love others. Jesus once said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And he goes on to say, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What he's telling us is that we think that money or success and pleasure or our careers is what's going to make us happy, but we're wrong. True living happens when we are not living for ourselves, but when we are following God and living for others. And you don't have to wait for this COVID season to be over to begin to invest and rebuild this city. You can do that now by serving with our local partners. As a church community, we have decided that we're not going to say someone ought to do something about the problems plaguing our city, someone else. We're not going to say that. No, we have decided to partner with those that have been doing something and doing it well so that together we can make a greater impact And you can join us in that work with our local partners by going to epicsf.com slash serve the city. Guys, you also don't have to wait to begin praying for our church and city. You don't have to wait. If we accomplish anything in this city, it will be because a cry rose up out of our church for his will to be done and for his kingdom to come to San Francisco as it is in heaven. Human effort is not enough. That is why we are praying corporately every week on Wednesday and and Sunday mornings for God's kingdom to come to San Francisco as it is in heaven. You can join us for that. And you don't have to wait to start financially supporting the mission and work that we are doing here at Epic. Jesus once said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The inverse is also true. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Meaning when we are committed to a people, when our hearts are for them, we are committed with our lives and all that we have, including our resources. And throughout the years, throughout the past decade in our church's history, we have seen people committed in such a way and it's been tremendous. We have really seen this value, that generosity overflows, lived out in our church and we're grateful. And if you wanna join us, if you haven't been a part of it before, No harm, no foul, you can join us now in the work that God is doing through this community. You can do so by going to our website or by following the prompt on the screen. And I know that there's many of you that would love to give, but you just can't. Don't worry about that right now as far as giving, but let us help you in your time of need. We wanna be there for you to support you. That's what this church community is about building each other up, supporting and helping each other. So just let us know. Email care team at epicsf.com. Let us know what you're going through and we will follow up with you and help you in this time. We don't have to wait. We can do something about it right now to rebuild this city. Now listen, I don't expect you to be excited right about now. We aren't always pumped, gung-ho, excited about God's plan for our lives. We might still be thinking someone else still needs to do something about that. But I just want you to think about Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. Right before he is about to be crucified, right before he is about to be separated from the Father and die for our sins, he knew exactly what was about to happen to him. He pleads with the Father. He prays to God the Father, and he says, Father, if it is possible to accomplish your end goal some other way, let's do that. Take this cup, what I know you are about to do, what you are about to take me into, take it from me. Do you realize what he's saying to God? He's basically saying, I don't want to do this. But in the end of that prayer, he surrenders, and he says, not my will, but your will be done. Can we say that today? If, if we're not excited about the calling that we are feeling on our lives, in our hearts right now. Can we say that today? Can we say, God, how do you want to use me and my life Whatever it is, God, not my will, but your will be done. Epic family, you and I have the opportunity to make a commitment to not just a place, but to a people, to, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to this church community, to those who are less fortunate. And will it take sacrifice? Is the future uncertain? Absolutely but if God is calling us into it, it is worth stepping into. If it's caught your heart, if it's caught your attention, what if that's God's way of telling you that you're the one that God has chosen to do something about it? Now let's go do something about it. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the example of Nehemiah. Someone you called. Someone whom you put a uh, heavy burden on. Who was heartbroken at the news of his city and his people. And we we would all be there. We realize that but despite the challenges before him he didn't let that get in the way he knew that you were with him and that you will see him you would see him through and i pray for the same clarity of vision for the same boldness and courage to step out to jump in and to help and to do something that there will be hundreds in this community throughout the city That will put their hands to you, loving, serving, and rebuilding our city. Made happen in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Guys, at this time, the band is going to lead us in a song called The King of My Heart. When Jesus is the king of our hearts, our hearts break for what breaks his heart. And so let's worship him and allow his love, his desires... His goals, his dreams for our city fill us at this time. Let's respond. Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco.